this quote, when I read it a couple of months ago, just, it, it just, every once in a while I read things and they just really, really grab me. And I read this quote that said, I would rather be a warrior in the garden than a gardener in the war. I'd rather be a warrior in the garden than a gardener in the war. And, and, and it just sort of, I was like, man, I don't know where this is going. What is it? And, and God started dropping. He said, I want you to begin to share on warfare and spiritual warfare. And I'm like, okay, everybody does on spiritual warfare, but, but Father, I did that in the past. And I said, why is that significant? He, and, and he started talking to me about the shield of faith. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, it's interesting because the scripture says, in addition, in addition to all of these, and so previous to those scriptures, he's been talking about putting on the armor of God, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, <coughs> the sword of the spirit, um, shoes of the gospel of peace. And then he makes this statement, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. And I was like, okay, God, I, I've preached on the armor of God. We sing about the armor of God. We talk about the armor of God. And that's great information, but the greater question, I was like, God, what is the depth that you want? And, and the two words, in addition, in addition, in addition to. And I got thinking about that. Why is that significant? So we have to begin to ask ourselves, how do I pick up the shield of faith? How do I use the shield of faith successfully in my life? Because a lot of people, when they grab shields, they hold them down here, but it won't do you much good, amen? Or you don't know how to hold it, and this won't do much good, or, or we don't really know what the shield of faith is, and it's awkward, or, or because of our situation in our life, we, we can't hold it up properly in our lives, and therefore, we don't live victorious in our lives. Not only do we not live victoriously, but we're unable to help others live victorious in their lives because we properly don't know how to use the shield of faith. Everybody say warfare. And so the shield of faith is what I want to talk about today. That we've got to have more than just an understanding of the shield, but I've got to learn how to use the shield. Because each and every day we make a decision to take up or to hold up or pick up the equipment that is provided by the Holy Spirit. And in doing that, we choose to protect ourselves. <coughs> or if we don't pick it up, we leave ourselves, <coughs> we leave ourselves exposed. In our men's small group for breakfast on Thursday, we're going through a, a book called Unshakable, 40 days of how to, 40 day devotional on overcoming stress and worry and anxiety and panic and fear and, and all those things. But in the opening chapter, they made this statement You can't start winning until you stop losing. You can't start winning until you start, stop losing. And I believe that we've got to learn to make a decision to use the armor of God properly. 
Because we can have all the armor, but if we don't use it properly, it's not going to do us any good. It's just like anything in life. If we don't use a car properly, it's not going to do us any good. If we don't use sports equipment properly, it's not going to do us any good. And so we have to understand the spiritual ramifications of the armor of God, not just the song we sing when we are kids, not just something we pray on, not just something that we have a picture hanging on our wall, but we've got to know how to do warfare in our lives. So let's pray, and then we'll jump into this. Father God, I just ask right now, as Christy said, in the next 20 minutes, Father, to let them know faith is different than wishful thinking. That faith is different than hoping for something, and true faith, as we see, is directed as an object that is proven and reliable. But Father, we're not putting our faith in faith. We're not putting our faith in a principle. But we're putting our faith in a person who is loving and compassionate and merciful who is just and true and good. And Holy Spirit, I just ask, in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, I ask that you help me equip this body to pick up and use their shield of faith for a life of victory. And Father, as they have victory in their lives, they'll be able to help others have victory because, Lord, when I read in the one-year Bible, twice it said that, God, you are our victory. When I read it yesterday, it rang twice in verse 1 and 7 that, God, you are our victory. And Father, if you are our victory and we know that you and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one, then we ask that you begin to show us how to have victory in our lives, how to use the shield of faith properly, that we're not defeated. But Lord, before we can know how to use the shield properly, we've got to do some self-care. So Father, for the next 15, 20 minutes, just... Equip us and show us how to do some self-care. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say warfare. Faith, the Greek word faith and shield of faith, they define it as conviction, confidence, trust, belief. Conviction, confidence, trust, belief. So the question is, what do we have our confidence in? And most of us, we know the patent answer to say, we know, well, the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, Vic, we're a Christian. But but do we really understand, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. Do not be afraid, for I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. Another verse says, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all to come to him for protection. That, that, That if that is true in my life, then why am I suffering so many injuries? Why am I suffering so many defeats? Why am I repeating cyclical patterns in my life of destruction, chaos, and confusion? If those are promises as a child of God, as a soldier of the kingdom, why is it is there. And I believe it comes back to trusting the truth of the Word of God that extinguishes, as the Bible promises, all the fiery arrows. It's actually trusting the God of truth that this is a natural picture, but it's trusting this Word as a shield in my life that it constitutes a shield. That's why we encourage you each and every day to make sure you read the Bible. Not only read the Bible, but study the Bible. Not only study the Bible, but try to meditate on the Bible, to seal it, to pause, to think, to muse, to, to memorize the Word of God. As Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I hide thy word in thy heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, it's a shield, a shield against those things that causes me not to be everything that God wants me to be. 
And I think it's interesting because when Paul is writing this scripture, he says, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I believed and persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until the day. And Paul, you got to realize when he wrote that in scripture and when he wrote a lot of the, the, the epistles, he was in prison. And he was surrounded by Roman guards. And, and so, in other words, he had a lot of times to study. This is an actual Roman shield, a replica of a Roman shield uh, that they had back in the day. It's not the, the, the red cross with the white body that came in England. But this is what it is. And this is what Paul was studying. A little bit different. This is a metal shield. Uh, the shields that Paul was talking about, they were wooden shields that were several inches thick. They had several layers of leather on them, and what they would do was, was they would have the there, and then they would layer it with leather. Then before they went into battle, they would soak their shields into water so the, the leather would be let, wet so that if a fiery arrow came in and hit the shield, the arrow would be extinguished. And it's interesting because when you begin to study it and unpack this, yeah, the other day, Gary Lucas was loaning me different props for this message, and, and he owns Lucas Archery. And what turned into a, was supposed to be about a five-minute appointment turned into a 30-plus-minute appointment. And, and he was like, Vic, he says, we were talking, and I said, yeah. I said, the arrows back then were made out of wood. And I said, they were hollow in the middle, and because uh, he was asking me about the message. And I said, they would fill them with fuel some kind of flammable substance, so that when they hit into the shield that was normally wood, it would stick, or the building, well, then it wouldn't be quenched, but the fire would just keep being fed, and it would keep burning. That's why they would soak the leather with water. That's what I'm talking about, that we need to soak our lives with the water of the Word of God. That's why we need to read. Devotionals are good, but you need to read the Bible. You need to saturate your life with the Bible. The Bible is the only thing that will remain forever in all those things. And so, so by soaking that with the water, it would there. Then it was interesting because Gary, I thought he was crazy. He's, he was telling me, he goes, yeah, he said, I went bear hunting with a bow and arrow. And I was like, that's crazy. And uh, he goes, and he was talking to me, he goes, well, I've shot three bear. The longest one that he ran was 40 yards. And, and now he's elk hunting this week with bows and arrows, which I also think is crazy. But, um, but, but he said, no, he said, Vic, let me tell you something. He said, if you hit an animal in its lungs, it don't matter how big it is, it's going to drop. He said, you take its breath away, you take its oxygen away, it'll drop. And I got thinking about the armor of God. And that if the enemy can shoot these fiery arrows and take our words away and take the very breath of life away in our life, then you know what? We're going to drop and be defeated in our lives. Amen? And so that's just a little bit of over, overhaul. But, but so when Paul's talking about that, you got to understand this. This is the, the whole message right here. The shield of faith eliminates the lies of the enemy. When you quench the fiery darts, when you hold the shield properly, and the enemy shoots the fiery darts, which are the lies. shield of faith quenches the fiery darts, the lies of the enemy, before it impacts your heart. 
and you got to grab that. And most of us are being defeated in our lives and being wounded in our lives because we know about the shield of faith. We know all this stuff, but we're not holding it properly. Everybody shout warfare. And Christians are being intimidated by our enemy to set aside the shield of faith and take all the fiery arrows of the enemy into our heart and into our mind. And in the next couple of weeks, first I'm going to talk about the shield of faith. I'm going to talk about some healing so that you can hold it because if you're not healed properly, you're not going to be able to hold the shield of faith properly. But I'm going to talk about five primary arrows that the enemy shoots at you. And it's interesting because it's all at the armor of God. Helmet of salvation. The enemy shoots thoughts into your mind. He shoots thoughts into your heart because out of the heart flows the issues of life. He shoots the arrows at your feet because the, your feet are the shoes of the gospel of peace. He shoots the, your, 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 your midsection where the belt of truth is. That's that center part because in today's culture, truth is relative. Truth is what it is, what you want it to be. That society says that's not what the word of God says. So if he can get you thinking that, well, that doesn't apply to you or whatever. And then last of all, if he can shoot you in the hand, he can eliminate the word of God out of your life. That's why it's so hard to read the word of God, different things like that. Everybody shout warfare. And so taking up the shield of faith is a decision. Is choosing to believe in the, the truths of the gospel of Christ over all things. The Bible says to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once and all delivered to the saints. The shield of faith has zero tolerance when handled properly, taken care of properly in your life for the, for the lives of the enemy. So uninvited accusations, condemnation, guilt, blame, shame, sins, temptations, past failures, imaginations, judgment, all those things can be knocked down by the fly in, the, in the flight by the shield of faith. But we've got to understand it's all about warfare. Listen, I am not a fan of horror movies or vampire movies, but it's interesting that in these fantasy movies that the one thing that they do when the vampire Dracula shows up is what do they do? They hold out a... So you think about that, that God's given us this incredible thing called the shield of faith, which is the word of God. And, and if we'll learn to hold it out, see, in real life, God himself is our defense, his character, his word, the cross of Christ, the blood of Christ, the resurrection power of Jesus, the triumph over death, hell, and the grave, etc., are all strengthening layers, those leather layers, the shield of faith. But we've got to saturate it with the, with the word of God, with the water of the word of God in our life to quench those fiery arrows so we're not living defeated lives. And then I love this. Our hearts and our minds must be on Jesus, not on the fierce anger of the attack. And it won't be our own ability that protects us. Psalm 62, you read it in your one-year Bible yesterday. It talks about being ready. It's talking about standing safe behind Christ. And when we use the shield properly, and when you study it out, they would hold it right up here. And it would be where the shield was always in front of their face. And when we use the shield of faith properly, then Christ, which is our shield, is always right there to deflect the enemy. But when we casually just do this, and we don't hold it like this, and we're not protecting, we're not protecting ourselves or anybody else. 
See, it's the shield of Christ who's been crucified. It's the shield of Christ who has risen from the dead on the third day. The Bible says Jesus is the, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the one who doesn't change or he, he doesn't fail. He's our rock. He's our stronghold. He's our sure foundation. I love what the psalmist says. He says, my eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. But you've got to have the word, the shield of faith in front of you. Everybody shout warfare. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. For every child of God, catch this. For every child of God defeats this evil world. Every child of God defeats this evil world. If this is true, then why are we living defeated lives? And we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Constantly, we see David, King David, encouraging himself with the Lord. He recalled the faithfulness of God. It's telling someone your story. It's singing praises. It's reading the promises of the Word of God out loud. It's not just reading it to yourself, but it's reading the word of God out loud. The, the psalmist said, once God said, twice I heard. What does he mean by that? He, and simply, I'm simply saying what God said. It's, it's reading it out. It's good. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing what? Hearing the word of God. It's speaking to your own soul, like Christy said. You know, paid in full. It's, it's proclaiming the promises of the cross. And it's not just 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes I'm healed, but I'm healed from my poverty. I'm healed from from things that are bound in me. I'm healed from mental and emotional problems. I'm healed from physical problems. It's being in fellowship with other believers. It's praying with understanding and it's praying in the spirit. And all this contributes to the strength and the effectiveness of the shield of faith. Anything that draws our attention to the greatness of God and his faithfulness is a shield. Everybody shout warfare. Psalm 27 verse 13 and 14. says, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness, where I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Yesterday, I, I performed a wedding for, for Nathan Ames and, and Kiera. You might remember they got baptized last week, and, and the first wedding I ever did was his dad's wedding. And uh, I told him, I said, man, it's the first wedding. I, I didn't even think about it. The first wedding I ever performed was your dad's wedding. And what I remember about it, I was so nervous about doing a wedding that I, that I had everybody to stand up. And then I forgot to tell everybody to sit down. And, and I said, they're still standing up. They stood up for the whole wedding. And, um, and he's like, you really did that? And I'm like, yeah. And so we were, we were talking about some things. And, and, and I told him, I said, man, I've done over 3,000 weddings. And this is the first wedding. And what was really cool is they, it was very symbolic through, through the stations of the wedding. But it was the first wedding where normally they have an arch or they have flowers. But Nathan had built, built this beautiful wooden cross. And so they got married within the shadow of the cross. And he said, but Vic, it's so much more significant than that. And, and guys, you're about ready to get in trouble here. Okay, I'm with you. But, but Nathan, he said, and see back here, we've got the curtain. And a couple days earlier, a couple days earlier this week, Nathan had wrote me this great big long thing about how him and Kira had met and, and different things. And they had sort of known each other. And, uh, 
and they both showed up at church late. And, uh, and Nathan had come through the back curtain, and he was just sort of standing there. And then Kier walked through and opened up the curtain, and he, his eyes fell on her, and he just fell in love. And, and, and he said, he looked at her, he said, I know you don't have anybody to sit with, but do you want to sit with me? And it was smooth, smooth. And uh, so she sat with him. And a little over a year later, they got married. Uh, it had the, got, they just got married yesterday. But, but he said, Vic, he said, when, when the curtain got pulled back, and so in the wedding yesterday, he, had a, he hung a curtain up. And so when after everybody came through, they dropped the curtain. And then, then when she pulled the curtain back and walked through, it was just like a, it was like a moment, you know. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you set the bar high, buddy. And, but, but, and then I said, he said, I met my wife at church. He said, I just waited patiently, and I met my wife at church. And what was really cool, it was both their first time. Both their first time. Yeah, give God. It's like rocking awesome. It's like a, a love story. And, but he said, you know, he said it was like a curtain was pulled back, and I had waited patiently for the right person, and God brought her into my life. And I thought, what a thing for singles. And I said all that to say this. When we come to Ephesians chapter 6, and Paul is talking about the shield of faith, we're not just to wait around for the enemy to shoot arrows at us. That's what too many of us have been doing. We just we haven't been on the offensive. We've been on the defensive. And as a church, we're going to go on the offensive. But catch this here. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. Pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert, be persistent in your prayers. And then it says, for all believers everywhere. I want you to catch this. Prayer is not one of the weapons. Get that. Sword of the Spirit, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, belt of truth, shoes of the gospel of peace, breastplate of righteousness, armor of God. Prayer is not one of the weapons. Prayer is the battle. Catch that. Prayer is the battle. To put on the armor of God is to prepare for battle. But prayer is the battle itself. In praying God's word, the sword of the Spirit, is our chief weapon employed in our struggle against Satan. The problem is we are getting hit with arrows in our life because we haven't gone on the offensive and we don't know how to use the armor of God properly. Especially, above all else, pick up, additionally, take hold of the shield of faith. And it's interesting because arrows... Now, Gary, I told him to give me a, a not sharp one because I didn't want to cut myself. But you'll notice there is a barbed thing. And, and Gary was teaching me, he said, Vic, when the arrow goes in, you don't just pull it back out, because it'll do more damage. He said, but you have to push the arrow through to get it out. 
He said the arrows are designed so that they'll reflect off bone. So, for example, you hit that rib, and then they'll reflect off and take out the lung. He said they're designed to do a lot of internal damage. So he said it's not just the impact, because he said that when you hit the lung, for example, of a bear, a grizzly bear, he said the longest bear that ran after I hit him in the lung ran for 40 yards. I thought, that's a long way to run. But anyway... But he said, it's not the impact of the arrow, but it's also the wound of the arrow. And the fact that it's fiery in the Bible means that when we get struck by one of the fiery arrows of the enemy, it's not just going to hurt and we push through, but if we don't deal with it, it's going to be fiery and it's going to keep on burning and causing issues in our life. So how do you know if you've been hit with an arrow and it's a fiery arrow? Because oftentimes an arrow that's not extracted or pushed through and removed properly and then taken care of, that shaft, when it's embedded, is we leave it in here and when that shaft is touched or twist or poked or prodded, suddenly it causes extreme pain in our life that, that we can't deal with that pain in our life. So a lot of us, what has happened in our lives is we've been shot by the fiery arrows, but we've never been healed properly from them and they're embedded in our life. And therefore, when they get touched by something in our lives, spiritually, emotionally, physically, whatever it is, it causes a ripple of pain to go back through our body. So for example, you may have anger that rises up for a for without a good explanation when even the minor levels of frustration comes in your life that suddenly you over dramatize something you go crazy why because that arrow has been embedded in your life it hasn't healed properly because it wasn't quenched by the shield of faith it's causing in there and it may go all the way back to your childhood based on rejection give you an example. My middle name is Vic. I go by Vic. Most of you, without me saying it, understand the inappropriate words that rhyme with Vic. Well, you know what? Those words hurt, so I just decided to put those words into action and be that person that they called me. And I did that for a long time in my life because I'd never healed inappropriate from, from the, the arrows that impacted my life. But once I got the arrow out and it was coming, then I'm able to heal from that and I'm not responding the way that I used to be in my life. It may be authority figure who failed you and now you refuse to trust leaders in your life, your business, whatever it is, because it's there. But it all boils down to a protruding arrow when it gets bumped into your life that you go over the top dramatic in a situation that doesn't warrant it because you're still wounded. Everybody say warfare. And you're trying to fight this battle, but you're still wounded and you're being defeated. Yet the Bible promises us not only can we go from faith to faith, glory to glory, but we can go from victory to victory. And if it promises us that we can go victory to victory, why are we being defeated all the time in our lives? Because some arrows from our past haven't been removed and haven't healed up properly. And let me tell you, it hurts. The goal of this series is to let you not be handicapped by the wounds of past years and decades. Because Jesus is your healer. And by his stripes, you're already healed, past tense. You're past tense. So before you can learn to fight 
with effectiveness. We've got to close down this message with just three practical steps to get the healing process started. And then the next two weeks, I'll talk about the five arrows. The ones that attack your mind, your heart, the truth, the center part of who you are, your base, your peace, and your hands, which represents the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. My desire and our desire is for you to have freedom from these past weights and hindrances in your life. Our desire is to realize that God's desire for you is wholeness and to tap into the potential to be everything that God wants you to be. But you've got to be healed so you know how to pick up the shield of faith, not only to protect yourself, but to protect others while they're healing. You need to get that. Because see, if you're not healed, you're not going to be able to protect anybody else when they come to you. And they're not going to be able to experience everything that Christ has for them. I was talking to a young man the other day, and we're supposed to meet this week. His sister lives in St. Louis, and we graduated high school, and she called me. She goes, I don't know if my brother will talk to you. But she said, Vic, will you reach out to him? I don't know where he's at. And I reached out, and we talked a little bit, and we're going to meet this week. But he said, Vic, he said, every time I drink alcohol, he said, things go from bad to worse. And he said, I don't want them to do that, but they do that. And I said, well, we just need to get together and start walking through the process. He said, I'd like that. Everybody say warfare. But I have to be in a position where at this point while he's healing, that I not only protect myself, but I protect him. Number one, you've got to identify in removing and remove the arrows by bringing them to the light of Christ's healing power. Lies lose their, their power when they're exposed to the light of Christ's word of God. And that involves, let me tell you, that involves naming hurts and wounds and experiences that are still causing you pain and limitation in your life. I recommend that you write them down. And each person has their own story. And let me tell you, it's like I said earlier, some of them may just be a hurtful nickname, like it affected me. Others might be immense, like sexual abuse or abandonment or betrayal or whatever that is in your life. But you've got to begin to write them down. It's like exercising a spiritual inventory. Because you're not seeking forgiveness from past sins that you've already been forgiven or committed or repented of. You're just saying, you know what? The root of the pain in my life that intimidates me, that is manifesting, causing fear and anxiety and ungodly behaviors, I need to deal with that. The second aspect is to apply the healing balm or the salve of the blood of Jesus to your wounds. We're taking communion next week. I always think it's a great thing. The Bible teaches us that the cross, Jesus paid the price for your healing with his own wounds, so that his wounds have already taken care of your wounds, past tense, by his stripes you are healed. The word healed there is diasozo, which means totally complete, totally completely saved, totally completely healed, totally completely delivered, totally completely prospered. The blood of Christ, the Bible says, can purify our consciences from sinful deeds, so that we can horizontally 
worship the one and true living God. That means by his shed blood on the cross, the Bible says Jesus has made peace with everything on heaven and in earth. For the blood of Christ is the means of peace. Peace with God and peace with people. And how wonderful there is when you are providing a pathway of peace because you're there. And that's what's interesting. I was talking to a grandfather the other day and probably has gone through some of the most, really the life of Job. I was talking to a grandfather the other day and in three weeks, he's had two grandsons overdose. He's had his son pass away a year ago. His brother, who was his hero, passed within the last year. His niece passed within the last year. And as he sat there and opened up, I said, man, I'm here to walk with you. But, you know, I know it's going to be a battle. And he lives like an hour away. And so as we're battling, I'm reaching down, not into where he's at, but trying to pull him up, and I'm protecting him and us. Because my eyes are on Jesus as I'm reaching down to him to pull him up. Why? To show him the path of peace because that's the only thing that's going to get him through what he's going through in his life right now. But I have to have peace in my life and I've got to be strong because let me tell you, if I'm wounded in part of my body, I'm not going to be able to pick him up or I'm not going to be able to hold the shield of faith properly to help him get it. But then at the same point, I want you to understand that it's not just for you to get healed, but once you're healed, you're going to go and you're going to rescue somebody else. Come on, say amen. And that's one of the things is when I was hurt, somebody was holding up the shield of faith and they were helping me and I was extracting arrows and, and, and salving them and healing up. And then while they were healed, they were blazing the way of a path of peace that I could experience the Prince of Peace. And now I do that. But guess what? If we do that for you, then you need to do that for somebody else. Everybody shout, so be it. That's what it is. Peace with God. And there's a pathway. And you got to learn to speak declarations. I'm going to put it out on social media. And, and let me tell you, if you try to befriend me, I'll, I'll have to delete somebody to add you because I'm at that limit and stuff like that. But, but you need to make declarations like these, and I'll put these out on social media. Jesus, I give you this fiery arrow. It is blank. I apply your blood by faith to the damage done in my life by this event or person. And I ask you to heal me of this wound. Lord Jesus, by your blood, I forgive blank for what they did to me. I will not hold with forgiveness when you have forgiven all my sins. And I'm not talking trust. I'm talking forgiveness. Totally different. Lord Jesus, I release myself from blank and the reoccurring guilt of blank by your blood. I forgive myself. You are just and wonderful and merciful because you've forgiven me. And I choose to follow your lead and forgive myself also. It's these declarations, just like they work, like Christy said, paid in full. And don't worry if it takes some time. You've got to come back multiple times. When the arrow goes through, first it's going to, you got to grab it and push it. It's going to hurt. And once the arrow gets all the way through, then you got to clean the wound. You got to dress the wound. You got to treat the wound. You got to do all that stuff. Matthew 7 7, ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. For most people, it's a process, it's not a single event. Now I want to close with this one. Find a trusted person in Christ to share your journey with. And ask them to pray for you and with you. James 5.16, we talked about real friends. The last four weeks, having real friends in your life. By carrying each other's burdens, we're fulfilling the law of Christ, which is the law of love. 
This person doesn't have to solve all your problems. This person doesn't have to explain why things happen. This person just needs to agree with you that in the name of Jesus, the healing blood of Christ will bring peace and wholeness and fullness to your life. I'm going to talk about the fullness of the Holy Spirit in, a, in, a, in about a month and a half. And then by faith and agreement with each other, we create an environment where breakthrough victory happens in your life. Everybody say warfare. Then when you've gone through the healing process, then you can pick up the shield of faith properly. And you can hold it to quench the fiery darts of the enemy, the arrows, and reach out with the sword in one hand and still be able to pick somebody up and lead them into a life of peace. That's how we extinguish the fiery arrows of the enemy. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. One of the greatest things is to get moving forward in God's work for your life with others who are on the same journey. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't started Growth Track, to start on the 3rd of October. Start Growth Track on the 3rd of October. Because you create a need in your life through serving and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 12, verse 12 and 13 in the Message Bible. Listen to this. Don't sit around on your hands. Because you know what? If you're sitting on your hands, you can't pick up the shield of faith. No more dragging your feet. Clear the path for long-distance runners so no one will trip and fall. So no one will step in a hole and sprain an ankle. Help each other out and run for it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Today is the day of salvation. Why? Because tomorrow isn't promised to anyone. And if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, just say a simple prayer. Or maybe you've asked Jesus into your heart, but you got off track a little bit. You fell in a hole. But man, we've reached down and you're ready to allow us to pull you out. One more time. Just one more time. And I pray this time it'll stick. But just, I'm going to just say a prayer and you sort of make it your own prayer. But you say, dear Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my heart, to come into my life. I don't understand it all. I don't get it all. But I feel like this is what I need. And I ask you to forgive me of my past sins and my failures and my mistakes. And I just give you my heart. I give you the little bit of my life that I have left back to you. Just believing you're going to do something. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, fill out that connect card if you're serious, and we can help you with next steps. Water baptism is a great next step. I'll unveil our new water baptism t-shirts next week. Really, it's beautiful. The Bentons did amazing putting them together. But also, I'm going to ask our altar prayer team to come forward. These people are up here to hold up the shield of faith and do warfare for you. 
They're healed and they're ready to do battle for you. But you've got to make that first step. And if you've been wounded by some type of arrow and it hasn't healed, then start the healing process today. And keep coming to the altar. But you can't be ashamed. This is just the beginning. Because the blood of Christ. I'm going to ask Calvin and Tally to come up and pray. I know they're just here, but ask them to come up and pray. There are new student pastors. They'll be here in a couple weeks. And and, uh, and we're honored that they're here. But I want to give them an opportunity to pray for you. But if you're battling with anything, as I close in prayer, just start coming forward and have these people pray for you. They're going to cover you in the shield of faith. They're going to reach down and pick you up. They're going to, they might pray some things that are hard to push those arrows through. Apply that salve. But at the end, you'll be whole. Father God, I thank you for each person. And I see victorious warriors. I see victorious warriors who are in front of me. And Holy Spirit, continue to teach us how to hold up the shield of faith properly. First of all, for our lives and then for others. Father, we ask for an anointing to learn and a seriousness that that this week and the next two weeks are significant in our lives because you said that we can have victory to victory. You said that God is our strength and our victory in our lives, that you said that we can quench all the fiery darts. And so, Father, we submit ourselves to you the next couple weeks to learn how to properly use the shield of faith to quench the fiery arrows that are coming in our lives so that we can help others when they come into our lives. No more excuses. Equip us to be offensive soldiers who takes the fight to the enemy. So the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church and its people. In Jesus' name, amen.